Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. All right, y'all ready for the confessions? All right, so I added a little something to it, a little flavor, a little, a little salt. All right, y'all ready? Oh, righteous father. Oh, no, no, no. No, y'all know better than that. Now, see, you're going to have to say this prayer like you know that million-dollar check is coming tomorrow. Right? So you're proclaiming some things in your life. Right? We're calling on the Father of glory to say, Lord, I'm standing on your solid rock right now. No matter what my finances look like today, I know I'm not always going to be in this place. Come on, somebody. All right, all right, all right. So let's try that again. Praise the Lord. I caught him off guard on that one, Pam. All oh, righteous Father. Good gracious, boy. Y'all just got goosebumps on my goosebumps this morning. <laughs> Thank you for separating me. To receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seed. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I am not need-based. I am a supplier. Say it again. I am a supplier. I am not man-centered. I am God-centered. I am not an orphan. I am a son. I am redeemed. I am the blood-washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I am an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Make these confessions every day. Praise the Lord. Man, make this become your own. I'll send out that new part. Y'all like that new part? Shoot, that's what I told the devil. I said, devil, I'm a contagious carrier of the seed of God. I can't be infiltrated or penetrated by your old, your old seed. Amen. You know how he, sometimes he try to whisper to you and put that little fear in you. Right? That little fear. He'll drop a little seed of fear. And I am like, oh, bro, that don't belong in me. I'm a contagious carrier. You better get back up off of me. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so y'all want me to do a little something today. So let's, let's see if we can get started. So let me start off by saying this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it is the honor of kings to search it out. Somebody say, I'm a king. king. Now, you're a king with a little K. Big king. Now, he's the big king with the big K. You're the little king with the little K, right? He's the king of, king. right? So, therefore, the king searches out a matter, you. We got to go to the scriptures and search. Things are not normally just going to come to us. We got to search up the scriptures. The Bible says you have not. You have not because... So when you are going into the word of God, maybe it's not what you're studying. It might be the questions that you're not asking. 
See, when you ask the right questions of the text, God can begin to give you revelation. Why did you write it like this, God? Who did this pertain to? What time was it? Was it hot? Was it cold? To the which cause? What is to the which cause? To wit, to wit. Why would you have some type of legal term in the scripture, and what makes this a contractual agreement? Why do you say it like that? Right? You ask of the, the word of God, and the more you ask of the word, the more you ask of the text, the more God can give you. Is this making sense at all? Because the person who asks the questions, what? Now, I'm not saying you're going to control God, but if you ask enough questions, God will give you what you need. So I want to do a little recapitulation from the last couple of weeks because I didn't preach last Sunday. Being a son to the father is about who we are in truth. Being a brother to one another is about what we are in truth. But being friends with one another is about what we become in truth, right? Because what we're talking about is the difference between an orphan and a son. And God has given us the spirit of his son. That's why we can cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God, because he wants us to have the spirit of the son. But being a son is who we are. That's who you are, male and female. It doesn't matter. You are a son. If you're saved, you become a son at that very moment. You're filled with the spirit of the son. But listen, but then now as you know that you are a son, you need to realize that we're brothers and sisters with one another. Right? So we become brothers and sisters with one another. See, at this point, titles are not relevant. No titles are relevant here because you're my brother. You're my sister. I should be able to call you by your first name. You didn't, come, you didn't get the card cut and they call you bishop so-and-so, so-and-so. Oh, apostle this, that, and the other, or deacon. Or, no, no, you ain't had none of that when they cut the cord. Your mama gave you a name. Somebody say a name. Amen. We're brothers and sisters. Jesus leveled, leveled the playing field. He said, I call you my brothers. Why? Because he wanted us to realize that if we don't understand that we're just brothers and sisters with one another, how are we really going to truly understand ministry? Because we don't even get along. Oh, I'm coming, but I don't want to be there. Well, don't go. Because, listen, you're not doing God a favor just being in church this morning. I'm, I'm just want to let me give you a revelation. <laughs> just because you show up, you're not really doing God a favor. Actually, I'm glad that you're here, but you're not doing me a favor either because I was going to be here whether you're here or not. Right. right? And so you're not doing God a favor by being here. Listen, you're here because apparently there's something here that you need. The biggest thing that you need is to know each other. Not another revelation, not another hands laid on you, not no, nothing. What you need to know is each other. You need to know well, what does it mean to be brothers and sisters with one another? What does it mean to really pray for somebody? What does it really mean to have somebody's back? What does it mean to say, you know what, you are my friend? What does it mean when somebody says, you get my six, I'm all right? You know what your six is, right? That's a military term, you know. Y'all got that right? You're six. Y'all looking at me strange. Somebody don't know what I mean. All right. Who don't know what my six is? Okay, so, all right, come up here, Tim. It's a military term. So, getting my six, back up, back up against me, give me your arm. That means Tim has my back. This is 12 o'clock. That's 6 o'clock. So he has my six, I got his six. That means that nobody can come and get him in his back because I got his back and he's got my back. Amen. This is how we should be as Christians, but instead, this is what we're doing. We're pointing fingers at one another. <laughs> right? 
right? We're pointing fingers at one another when we should have each other's backs. We should be praying for one another. Even if you don't quite understand everything that's going on, just keep your mouth closed and pray. If we could just endeavor to do that in the local church, oh, my goodness, man, we would be further along in the kingdom of God than where we are right now. Because the one thing that's killing us, Apostle Paul had to direct that to the Corinthian church, but he's talking to us today. It's still strife. It's still divisions. It's still bickering. All that is still going on in the house of God because you know why? Because we are selfish. It's all about us. Church should not be his church. It should be called me church. Because I'm going to get something for me. Not that you're coming to give something, but you're coming to get something. An orphan comes to get something. A son comes to give something. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. Now, if you say you got the spirit of the son in you, this is how you should be acting, guys. Unless you want to continue to act like an orphan, then you can go on with that because you'll never mature. So we're brothers. We're brothers. But listen, but listen, further than that, we become friends. After I understand that we're brothers and sisters, we should become friends with one another. Again, I haven't mentioned ministry yet. This comes before ministry. Why? Because we're friends with one another. Jesus said there is a friend that what? Stick it closer than a brother. Why? Because there are some people in your family you are not close to, but you might be closer to a friend than some people in your own family. Amen. There are some people in the church that you're not going to be real close to, but then there will be others who are truly your friends. That's okay. Everybody in the church can't be your friend. But everybody in the church is your brother, and they're all your brothers and sisters, right? Right, right, right. So if your brother makes you mad, you don't leave the family. Why are you leaving church? It's as if you go into another church. You know that's the same family. You're going to have the same mess. You're going to have the same problems. You're going to see some of the same people acting the same way. And then you're going to have to lead out when I go to another one. And then you're going to see the same stuff. Why? Because the church is full of flawed people. Amen. And then you realize the common denominator of all those churches is that you started going there. When God wants you to get planted somewhere so that you can learn, you can grow, the Bible says they that are planted in the house of God, those are the ones who will thrive. Being planted means, listen, I'm going to take the hits. I might get offended about something, but I ain't going nowhere because the devil is not going to allow me to leave the place where God has me planted. If we can learn this kind of stuff, we can have healthier churches rather than being church hoppers. They're like tumbleweeds. I'm, I like westerns. Yeah, I like that, yeah. <laughs> but y'all just kind of got me right there. But I, I thought I was Clint Eastwood for a second. <laughs> you know, my most favorite one is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, that thing is a classic, man. I love that. I love that. And so it's like a tumbleweed. But when you see that tumbleweed, right, there's something about tumbleweed. A tumbleweed is rootless, and it's fruitless. Don't be a tumbleweed, Christian. Because, see, when you're a tumbleweed, the wind blows you anywhere. Okay, so let's go to some more stuff here. Let's go to this. All biblical knowledge should lead to a living experiential relationship with the Father through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, that deserves his presence, that desires, I'm sorry, his presence over his results. 
You see that part? His presence over his results. A lot of times people want the results of God, but they don't want to be in the presence of God. In other words, you want the king's things without the king. Oh, I just want, I want all the byproducts. I want the anointing, and I want the ha-shabata, ba-ba-ba. I want all of that stuff. I, oh, I don't want to worship or pray enough just to, just to set the atmosphere, God. I want to go while the atmosphere is already set, right? I don't want to do the work to, to, to get you in the house. I just want to get to the house when all the work is done. Now, I'm not saying that's you guys, so please, I'm not pointing fingers at all. I'm just saying this can be the case, right? So I am not pointing fingers. I don't want anybody to feel bad about this message at all. What I'm trying to do, guys, is to tell you this is what Apostle Paul had to come against in that book, and I'm going to have to come against it right now, right? Because that was what was killing the church then, and it's the same way now. So we're going to have to get in unity. The blessings of heaven are not going to flow when people continue to act like babies in the house of God. Who are you going to lay hands on? Who are you? When are you going to rebuke the devil off of somebody? When are people going to come to you and say, please lay hands on me because I got something going on that's wrong inside of me? That should be you. Somebody say he's talking about me. You don't have to have a title on your name for you to go and bless somebody. Lay hands on somebody. Pray for somebody to be healed. All you need is maturity. Amen. Don't mean I need to calm down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Psalm 16 and 8 says this. I'm going to read it to you. You can write it in your notes. He says, I have set the Lord always before my face because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Good gracious of life. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope and you will not leave my soul in hell. Good God Almighty. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The word presence there, because a lot of times people don't understand when they see that word, that word presence in the Hebrew means face to face. In his presence, when you are face to face with God, he says, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. You can't get in his face just because you come to church. You can't get in his face just because you got a title. God don't care about your title. You pray for five minutes looking for the Lord. Uh-uh, guys, you're going to have to put some time in. So, so let me do this. Let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality here. Elaine would not accept me just spending a little bit of time with her. <laughs> See? <laughs> so when we met, we want, she wanted to spend some time. I want to spend some time with her, too. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We want to spend some time with one another, right? And so we couldn't just talk on the phone back then, you know, we didn't have cell phones like that. That was a long time ago. We had beepers. Yeah. Pagers. Had, look at that. These young folks are like, what's a pager? <laughs> what's a beeper? Do you beat people? Do you tweet people like we tweet today or they beat people? No, use a beeper and all you got was a number. Then you got to find a pay phone. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What's a pay phone? 
Oh, my Lord, I'm sharing my age now. Man, we've come a long way, boy. You better have a quarter, too. Get that pay for. Hey, man, you get stuck like Chuck. And so we would beep, she would beep, you know, you know. Like, oh, man. Ooh. And then, then if it's serious, you would page a person and put 911 on there. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> 911, you better call me right now, boy. <laughs> Things get ready to happen. And so we enjoyed spending time with one another. But there was absolutely no way we could ever say that we can develop a relationship if we didn't spend time together. Intimacy comes from being together. Intimacy, right? Because you are close enough to this person through intimacy, because when you break the word down, I'm close enough because I want you to see into me. See? So in other words, I want you to know everything about me. I want you to see into me, and I'm going to be transparent enough with you so intimacy, so we see into each other, right? But that came over time. Now, we've been married going on 25 years, so our intimacy is not like when we first met. Now, it's much deeper. It's more solid. It's based on history. It's based on failures together. It is based on triumphs together. It is based on crying together. It's based on health, and it's based on healing. Because we've been through some stuff, right? So because we're intimate with one another, somebody else can't just come to me, whisper in my ear that I have no idea who this person is when I got some history. No, I don't have time to be breaking in a new pair of boots. How many boot wearers I got in here? Cowboy boots. I'm talking about cowboy boots. See, when you break in a good pair, boy, whoo, they like sneakers. Right? But it take a minute. You got to break them in. We got 25 years in. I ain't got time to be breaking in on no new boots. Right? We tight now, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, we wear each other well. <laughs> let, me, let me preach. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's an experiential relationship, right? Because now when you get saved, you go through some things. Amen. When you first get saved, you know, you thought everything was going to be great, and then all of a sudden, boom, life hits you, right? And then you're ready to quit. Come on, come on. How many of you were ready to quit when you first got saved? I know I was because it wasn't like what I thought. I'm like, wait a minute, why? I'm saved now. Things supposed to work out in my favor. <laughs> Somebody lied to me. Right? Not understanding that now you got a bullseye on you. Now that part that Apostle Paul talked about, you got to work out your salvation, that, which means you got to work through some stuff. Amen. You got to work through the problems of life. You got to work through finances. You got to work through being mad at folks. You got to work through job situations. You got to work through your business situation. You got to work through somebody just cut you off in traffic. You got to work through somebody just stab you in the back. And that was the one person you thought you can count on. You got to work on some of that stuff. Family members walked away. Friends walked away. Jobs left you. You got to work through that kind of stuff. You don't leave God just because you're going through stuff. 
Otherwise, you can't have an experience and a relationship with him if you just cut and run every time something happens. You can't have an experience with me in a lane if you cut and run and leave this church every time something happens. Okay, y'all ready? I don't mean to blow you away. Your ears okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I am pretty excited about this. Can y'all tell? All right, so let's go. can we go a little bit deeper? Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. A newborn believer, ooh, this is where I've been wanting to go right here. So there's a difference in the kingdom of God about became and becoming, right? So before we go there, can I take you somewhere in the scriptures? Let's go to the word first. Let me take you to the word. Go to John, the book of John. I want to show you something in John. And then we'll go to this right here because we're going to have to learn about the word son so you'll know which one you are. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Are you here with me this morning? Okay. John chapter 1. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading, guys. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave the power. John 1, 12. Oh, 12. Y'all need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Y'all got to follow me now. Raise your hand and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost so I know where pastor's going. John 1, 12. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> uh, look, I just want to get to it. John 1, 12. But as many as received him to them gave he what? The, the, the power, right? So that, that's the word. Somebody say power. power. No, no, no. Say power like you got some power. Say power. Okay, so that means that word, that word power is right, liberty, authority, and jurisdiction. He gave you the power to become the children of God. Somebody say become. become. He's given you some power to become something. Right? We, we are notoriously, we're known as human beings. But actually, in the scripture, we are human becoming. Why? Because he's given us power to become something greater than just a human being. Now we're becoming something that he created from the foundation of the world. So this goes past humanity. Humanity is, 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 is right now. But what God wants to give us is something eternal. Your destiny is eternal. So you're becoming what he wants you to be, which is a son. Amen. 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 So, so this, this, is, this is what we need to see here because he gives us power to become. Okay, let me see if I can say it like this. At the new birth, we became. As we work out our salvation, we become. Right? At the new birth, we became saved. But that's not the end state. Now we must become who God created us to be originally. But we couldn't become until we became. No man can get to the Father unless you... You can't get there in the flesh. You got to go through Jesus. We became through Jesus. We're becoming through the Holy Ghost. 
That's why the Holy Ghost is so important. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was the propitiation, the substitute for us, because we should have been on the cross. We became Christians because of the blood and the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. But now we're becoming a son through the Holy Ghost. This is why we got to be filled with the Spirit. I don't know why I'm screaming. I'm sorry. This is why we must be filled with the Spirit. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta bring that thing down a little bit. Man, but I get so excited because I'm full of the Spirit, man. And when you got an unction inside and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you just can't keep quiet about it. Jeremiah said, I'm not going to preach anymore your word because I'm sick and tired of people coming against me. And Jeremiah said, it was like fire shut up in my bones. Boy, when you got a fire inside of you, it's hard for you to just be, be Mr. Freeze in the pulpit. I ain't never seen nobody get delivered in a dry, dead service anyway. Change is necessary for maturation. You cannot grow without change. From the creation to now, Father has been involved in building us up through development. So we, we became a male by gender. Amen? Amen. We become a man through development. You become a, a female through gender. You become a woman through development. Everything in the kingdom of God must grow. So when I begin to look at this, uh, I'm not going to even take it to the scriptures. We're just going to go there. God don't want us to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The reason he gave us a fivefold ministry is so that we can grow and develop. He didn't give the fivefold ministry to individuals so they can pass themselves off as being something greater than what they are. He gave the fivefold ministry for the church and the church alone to equip the saints, to perfect the saints, so they won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but they will grow up into a whole man, a mature man, right? So we're talking about maturation. That's why in the word of God, you got milk, sincere milk, you got meat, strong meat, spiritual meat. Milk, sincere milk. Because when you read the word of God, you see, hear about milk, then you hear sincere, sincere milk, and then you got meat, strong meat, then spiritual meat. You got babes, children, young men, men, fathers. All that is development. You, hear, you see in this, that you see the progression in the scriptures. No faith, little faith, great faith, strong faith, the God kind of faith. You see the progression there, right? Now, you can have the God kind of faith and go right back to no faith. It can happen just like that. It can happen to you. Then you got sonship, heirship, throneship. We're just talking about sonship. By the summer, we'll get into throneship, and then we're going to talk about heirship. I mean, heirship and then throneship. Amen? Because sonship is not enough. We're heirs. That's great. But now we got to talk about, okay, heirs of what? And what throne do we walk in? Oh, glory to God. I'm just giving you a snippet here. So now... Everyone who was born again has been given the power to become sons of God. Beyond this inceptive rebirth, there are various and distinct usages of the word son. And this is what I want to share with you guys, because you know I like, I like getting on into some theology. So let's do this. Let me take you through a little Bible class. Y'all ready? A newborn believer is referred to by the term nepius, and nepius, which refers to a son newly born into the family, an infant, not of age, and is a metaphor used for childish, untaught, and unskilled. Somebody said Nepeus. So when you say Nepeus, you're saying 
that you are, you just got born again. Why? Because now you're new at this thing. you unskilled. You untaught your child at it, right? That's why we call you babies in Christ. Because you just got saved. If you've been saved for 20 years and you're a baby, then we got to look at, well, what have you been missing? And try to get you there. Amen, somebody. So now, now the scripture should make more sense. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, even as to babes. Same word, napias. Childish, untaught, unskilled in Christ. So in other words, he said, now you should be in a mature son, but you're not yet. You are all the way back to being a, ba a babe. You seeing this with me here? Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all sons, nephews of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This is talking about the new birth. This is not being baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is being baptized into Jesus. This is the new birth. At the new birth, you are unskilled, untaught, and still childish because you're still learning the things of God. Is this making sense? So when you read these scriptures, I just want you to know there's a distinction here. He's not using that word for sons synonymously, and we got to understand it. Let me give you another one. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul understood that there's, there comes a point to every Christian, guys, there's some things that we have to put away. Now, I'm going to just say this with you, and everybody probably can agree with me, even if you don't, that's okay too. When you first got saved, you didn't put away everything. So let me make it personal. I didn't put away everything. I didn't know I needed to put it away. Right? I'm still trying to work this thing out, right? I don't even know what salvation really is yet. But the more and more I read the, the Bible, the more and more God said, no, you can't be doing that anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. I see it right here. So you begin to put things away. Notice I said you begin to put things away. Paul said, I put them away. Stop asking God to take away something from you when you should be putting it away. God, if you just take this away from me, God, if you just take this lust away from me, God, if you, you just take, God ain't taking that away from you. Stop praying that prayer. No, God says you got to put that thing away. Stop doing it. So this is the kind of teaching for mature people because babies get offended at this kind of stuff. Conversely, when that son grows up and is competent to represent the interest of his father as a fully mature son, the designation huias, huias, huias. See that? Got that W in there? Huias. That word huias is used appropriately to distinguish the fully mature and the competent son. So at this point, you're not a Nepeus anymore. So let's look at some words. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the huias sons. Why? Because you're not going to be led by the Spirit and you're still childish. Remember I just told you, you became through Jesus, but you're becoming through the Spirit. Becoming through the Spirit means you're led by the Spirit and not by your flesh. Becoming through the Spirit means that your lifestyle is being legislated. Lifestyles. 
Are you seeing this? Man, I can't touch anything without it falling on in the spirit. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. Glue those things down. Hebrews 6 and 1. Right? So let's go to Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Christ, let us press on to maturity. You ready? Now, I told you the two parts about the sons, and it's important because it's going to make greater sense. I know this is a lot, so let me just read it for you. It says, uh, these are called elementary doctrines because, it's kind of light there, I can't, I can't see it from there, because they form the substantial root for a foundational education in the scriptures. Just as a person starts a life as a small child and progresses through distinct stages to a mature adult capable of functioning in society, a son of God begins as one who is newly born again and progresses to being able to represent the interest of God, the Father, and his kingdom. So in other words, saints of God, even in the natural, all you got to do is feed a baby and that baby's going to grow. Right. If you give that baby what that baby needs, nourishment, that baby naturally grows. I said that baby grows. If you feed the baby, the baby grows. Feed the baby. Feed the baby. Feed the baby Christian. Baby Christian grows. Okay. All right. So y'all want to go a little bit deeper? Is this, is you processing? Okay, as long as you're processing. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go on to maturity. So let's go through this first doctrine. Repentance from dead works. That's the first doctrine in Hebrews chapter 6, because this one right here is talking about turning away from our sins. We know that you can't even be saved unless you repent. If you see somebody talking about they saying the sinner's prayer and they never repent, they didn't get saved. You can't have salvation without repentance. This is the first doctrine that we need to know is repentance. Right? You just can't come down and say a prayer and all of a sudden, oh, I'm in there with Jesus. No, you're not. Jesus don't even know you. Right? No, you got to repent. Amen, somebody. Now, this is important, guys, because repentance, a baby can't repent. So you can't come down and dedicate a child and think that child is saved. Right. Salvation comes through repentance. Right. You can dedicate that child to the Lord. But they lie to parents when they say that your child is saved. That's right. No, we're dedicating this child to the Lord. At the point when that child can understand what this is, then they make the decision to repent. That's right. well, I'm, I'm telling you this because we've got a lot of people doing this kind of mess. Yeah. Right? And so you've got to understand doctrine. You can't be saved until you repent. You've got to repent of your sins. Otherwise, why, what are you sorry for? Why do you need Jesus if you're not repenting of something? If you can work it all out on your own and you don't need Christ, work it out. Let's see how that, what happens maybe in another couple of years from now. Right? So you've got to learn repentance is the number one thing. So when we start talking about repentance, we know that there, there is a sin of commission and omission. Oh, he's like, oh, oh, commission, I'm slobbing. Now, what's commission and omission? Well, commission is you sin and you know it, and you keep doing it. 
That's commission. You, 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 you're just going to do it. I know this is wrong. I'm going to do it anyway. That's commission. Right. What's omission? You know to do right and you don't. In the book of James, it says, he who knoweth to do with good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know to do good, but you still won't do it. That's still a sin to you. You know what's right to do, and then you don't do it. You don't do anything. You know it's right. That's still, you know. <laughs> but this thing is deep. You mean that God will get me if I know the right thing to do, and I just slip back and don't do it? Yes, he will. Why? Because now you got his spirit. Now, this is, this is only for Christians. And the moment you keep sitting back and don't do what's right, is you go right back to being a Nebius. All right? Repentance from dead works. Is this making sense at all? <laughs> so guess who started teaching about repentance when they first came out on the scene? John Baptist. <laughs> Jesus. Paul. Look, check this out. This is seeing the commission. Commission is there. That even though they know it's wrong, I just talk about that. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. James 4, 17. Now, that's where the scripture was. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and don't do it, to him it is sin. So, you know, I wasn't lying. It's James 4, 17. Now, here we go. Here's the word repent. Let's look that joke up. That, that word right there is amazing. Take a stab at it. What, is it. what does it mean? Oh, yeah. Who said it? Meta Noel? Yes. That's it. Because you got that A on there. Meta Noel. So, listen. Ew. So it is, it is two parts, right? Meta and nail. So the first part is a prefix that means movement or change. The second part, noeo, refers to the disposition of your inner self, your default setting. I like that right there. It says your default setting towards reality. Your default setting. Let me sum it up for you. This means what? Repentance means to change your disposition towards life and reality, to have a transformed default setting about what's important. See, if you are in computers, a lot of these guys are in computers, there's always a default setting. Yes. That default setting is set by the manufacturer. Yes. See, God set a default in us. Yes. It's set by the manufacturer. Yes. Yes. The default setting was changed the day they sinned. See, we had, originally we had a default setting that our spirits was always in contact with God. But the moment they ate of the, the, the fruit, then the default setting changed. Now they're not depending on God anymore. Now they're dependent on themselves. The default setting changed. And to get your default setting back to God, we got to go to Jesus to get to the Father. My bald head is on fire today. Is this making sense, guys? I'm trying to walk slow, and I know a lot of times on Facebook this stuff ain't going to come across because I ain't trying to preach to, to hype you up. This is about getting you an education so you can understand what it means to be mature. Amen? Can I take you a little bit deeper? All right, let me take you a little bit deeper. Check this out. There must be a change of thinking. See, and that's why I don't play everything on Facebook because you need to have your butt here. Amen? So I gave them enough. Enough education. Now they can go learn it for themselves or they can come next Sunday and they can learn some more. Amen. So you're here. So I'm giving it to you. So so this this is what it's saying here, guys. John the Baptist, he preached repentance. He said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Peter stepped out in Acts chapter 3 and said, repent and be ye converted so that your sins will be blotted out because times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance was back then and repentance, R-A-T, right now. Amen? So you can't get there without repentance, guys. That's why some people who claim to be Christians, they're not Christians. That's why they act crazy. And you're trying to say, man, you don't, know, you don't even, you know that ain't God. Why, you ain't even saved. Yeah, you know my heart. Real Christians know not to say that. Right? Real Christians, they know not to say that. Because the real Christians know that scripture that says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Save God. This thing right here is wicked. I can't trust this thing. That's why I had to get into this right here in this word. Because this heart, man, it'll deceive you. You talked about deception Wednesday night. Amen. And so, guys, here is the deal. Once we become a son, our default setting should change. Now we're not dependent on self. We're not dependent on money. We're not dependent on education or what church you go to. Now your dependency is on God alone, that I can always go to him. Man can walk away from me. Jobs can let me go. Family members can walk away. Friends can walk away. But my default setting, I go right back to the Father because once I became, now I am becoming. Amen, somebody. All right, you hit that thing too much, I'm going to start running. Genuine repentance, check this out. Take a picture of it. Genuine repentance is an inner change. Listen, guys, because we got to know what repentance is. That is the fundamental thing that Paul had to address, and this is what I have to address in the church today because Christians don't know what it means to be saved. There's got to be a change on the inside, guys. You're not going to have an anointing on your life and there's no change going on inside of your life. You're still just as hateful and evil and selfish. You're not going to have an anointing. you got to have some compassion for people. He said there's an inner change of heart that produces the fruits. Fruits is an S, not fruit of the Spirit, but this is fruits with an S of new behavior because we need some fruits of new behavior. Acting differently, speaking differently, and living differently. These are the fruits. Plural. More than one. Hallelujah. And they are the inevitable outward result of being made completely different on the inside. That's repentance. That's when your default setting changes from being dependent upon man to be dependent on God. This is why they covered up. Because before, come on, guys, y'all remember the scripture? I don't have to take it. I got to paraphrase for time. When, when, they, when they sinned, what did they do? First thing they did was what? Cover up. Why? Because the day before, they were naked and out of shame. Because their default setting was God. But the day they ate of the forbidden fruit, sin stepped in. Now they became God. Now they got to depend on themselves because unto themselves they are God. That's why when God said, where are you? They hid. Because soon as the great God comes in, every little God got to run. And that's why people run from God because you, you claim to be a God, but as soon as God steps in, you run. 
bald-headed rascal preaching some stuff. Just imagine if I wasn't sick. Amen, somebody. Let me give you some more of this book so y'all can get out of here. Repentance is the means by which a person changes his or her nature, default setting, from a sinful nature to one habitually, somebody say habitually, habitually dominated. Didn't we talk about dominated in a song? About being dominated? Habitually dominated by the spirit implying also a changed mindset. Your default setting has been changed. This is why we read the word so that the word can read us. Our mindset has to be renewed when? Why does it need to be renewed daily? Because you got to remember your original default. Right? Because listen, listen. If you don't remember your original default, you're going to default back to self. Unlike computers, computers know. Unless you put in a virus or change the code. A computer is always going to go back to its original default. If you hit the default, it's going back to default. In the spiritual world with a human being, our default now, because we're born in sin, is our flesh. So unless you recode yourself to go back to the Father, recode, new code, new code every day, put the new code in, you come back to this default. You, you take away this code, your default goes right back to your flesh. And you're trying to figure out why I'm not happy, why, why things are not working out for me. I just can't feel God because you're you in the wrong default. And to get back to the right default, you can go to church all you want. You ain't getting it. Mm-mm, ain't going to happen. You can get on your knees and cry out, oh, Lord, oh, help me. As soon as you open your eyes, you're still in the same place. Why? Because all that crying is not recoding. You know why you got to recode? Because your brain is being coded every day by nonsense. You're being written on every day. People, stuff, media, social media, news media, all that stuff, all that crap. Coming in, rewriting, 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 rewriting. And when you rewrite, you recalculate. So you got to write over that stuff. And say, Lord, no, this is not me. No, I know the enemy is trying to get me fearful right now because he knows that my money's messed up. But I'm not going to live in fear. Recalculate. God, I know you got me. We're going to recalculate today. Amen, somebody? We're going to get back to that default setting. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.